What's going on, Refill Team Fairchild? As you guys know, the whole point of this podcast is just to help bring our community together. I've broken it down into simple things. We're just going to hack it out. We'll talk about humor and humility, accountability, connectiveness, and also kindness, and what other strings for our bows our guests have to bring to the table, because that's how we make that beautiful music. So let's go ahead and get this episode started. All right, Team Fairchild, today we have the ALA Cadre, and if you don't know what ALA stands for, that is Air Power Leadership Academy. Hopefully that that phrase has kind of maybe populated the airstream a little bit at work, not turned into a buzzword necessarily, but hopefully you guys are starting to hear about it. I've got Senior Mass Sergeant Geeslin, we call him Goose, we've got Mass Sergeant Taishu, who we call John, and Mass Sergeant Douglas, first shirt, who we called Scott. I don't know how you guys want to be referred to during this this podcast, it's totally up to you guys, but thank you guys for joining me today. Thank you, bro. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, so Sergeant Taishu, John, you brought this program to Fairchild, so do you just kind of want to explain a little bit about what it is? Sure. So Air Power Leadership Academy, it's kind of just a course where a bunch of senior NCOs and NCOs get together and we just talk about real world, real world problems as transparent as we can as possible. The senior NCO isn't up there to tell you what they think or what you should think. It's just open discussion on real problems and how we've seen it across our Air Force. Uh, it's two hours a day, one day a week, and 10 weeks total. And just, you get really good conversations. I know uh, both Goose and Scott were big fans and some of the favorites of the students. So yes. <laughs> do you guys feel like that was the objective when we, when I brought it here or took it from Kunsan to bring here? Do you feel like we hit that? So I'll be honest, I had no idea what to expect. <laughs> uh, I think I learned as much from them as I, as I brought to the table, so. The fact that they said we were uh, favorite uh, cadre is, is pretty fantastic. I, I learned an amazing amount just from getting their perspectives. Uh, again, it's not PME, so it was it was very nice to hear their sides of uh, uh, real world problems and real world issues that we're facing every day. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, I guess um, I walked in with an expectation, and it far exceeded those. the The sixteen individuals that we had in the course the cadre as a whole, John, for bringing this thing here. Like, it's just one of those things that we definitely need to continue. It has to grow in the Air Force. This, I mean, if this isn't Air Force-wide in the next couple of years, I'd be extremely surprised because it's one of the few courses I've ever seen that is not PME. It's not driven by a certain topic. It's driven by what the, by what the people want to talk about. When we say leadership in the Air Force, this is one of the few courses I've actually seen that scratches that itch it actually talks about leadership yeah i didn't really know what to expect either i remember you called me one day Mm -hmm. uh per chief guzman and i was like do you want my help what do you want me to do and you're like well i don't really need you we'll see how it goes yeah your group chiefs are the ones who are going to select the cadre and then the commanders kind of are going to select the airmen or the ncos but i'm just trying to figure out maybe you're like i don't even know why i'm calling you to be honest like okay well if, if you do want my help, just let me know. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Sent me a trifold. And then when I did get selected, I remember during senior tap, I went up to Scott. Okay, are you ready for next week? He's like, what the hell are you talking about? I had no idea what you were talking uh, about. This is awkward. Yeah. John, you said you talked to everybody, right? Like, well, <laughs> I didn't really get to start, talk to Sergeant Douglas yet. He was on leave, and then Chief Ream suggested that he do it. It's like, oh. Mm-hmm. Like, Chief Ream suggested you. Oh, well, I guess I'll figure it out. Yeah. But I'm oh, glad yeah. it worked out. I was in first the first class I attended. I was I was you got me hook, line, and sinker from there. 
That's good. Yeah, so it's interesting you say that, like, I did kind of was hesitant. Chief Guzman told me to contact you. You'd definitely be able to recruit some students. You know, it was new to him, too, so what I was soliciting, maybe he thought you were the best option. Turns out he was right. You were a great option. But I was hesitant to take you because you are the career assistance advisor, and that just kind of screams PME, right? you know, just for people that is hesitant to be like, and so I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't want you because of that. But when I talked to you and met you, I'm like, she's perfect for this. Let's get her on board. And that was probably the best decision to make ALA happen here is having you on board. So it's, I'm really glad you're on, you, you were on board and then you brought a lot of people and moving to this next class, you've got some suggestions that I'm optimistic are going to be just as good. I'm hoping, yeah. Um, but I, what I really like about ALA is, it's kind of like, I was, I was telling this the other day to someone like, if you want to be a pilot, it takes about 40 hours to get your private pilot's license. Sure. And then so we spent, and if you're really good, you can get it in like 15. If you're really good, you can get a pilot's license in 15 hours. But with their pilot academy, it was 20 hours of these students talking. So if you think like, like right now, if you wanted to go get your pilot's license, that'd be like an overwhelming idea. But if you just spent 20 hours towards it, you could have it. And so that's what we did for the last 10 weeks is we spent 20 hours teaching leadership and it, and and that's what we did. And I've said this before and I'll say it again, but leadership is just like any topic like history or science or math. If you if you put in the time and it's you go to the forums to learn these things, you're going to learn how to be a better leader. Um, and I think that was my objective, what I really wanted to do with Fairchild's Air Power Leadership Academy and between the four of us and Anthony and Bobby and uh, Brandon Bender, who had, who had to leave early, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, I think we did that. And mm-hmm. if you ask those 16 students who stuck through the entire thing, True. all 16 of them, I'd like to think they would agree to. So you said you did this in Kunsan originally as a student? I was a student at Osan in 17. Oh, Osan, okay. And then when I was at Kuntown, I got to be a cadre member from senior mass sergeant Gene Sashida, I guess, who is sitting in my role now, who started it in Kuntown. Oh, cool. And then so I just kind of asked him, like, well, how do I start this? And he said, get a meeting with your command chief, sell them on it. And so that's what I did. Fortunately, chief is very gung-ho about a lot of things, bringing people together in connectedness. So that helps a lot. Yep. How did you like it when you were a student? Were you nominated and was it something you wanted to do originally or was it kind of one of those things where maybe you're a little hesitant like some of our airmen or NCOs were at first? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't want this to be all about me. We'll move on. Right? So, yeah, I'm, we'll I'm going to answer that. Yeah. I'm sure the foundation. I'll be honest. I, when they asked me, when uh, Senior Master Sergeant Cubero in 17 asked me to, to go to ALA, I was like, what is it? And I almost wanted to tell him no, even though I do like leadership stuff. I like reading books on leadership. I love Dale Carnegie, anything he's writ- written, I, I wrote, wrote, read. <laughs> and when he asked me to do it, I just assumed it was gonna be like this generic, you sit around and listen to someone talk about a topic you don't really care about. And so I said I would do it, and it, was, it wasn't that. It was almost exactly how we had it, and yeah, I just loved it. And then when I had the chance to be a cadre, I will say though, that when I had a chance to be a cadre, I was like, I have to do this. And then I had a chance to be, the director, I guess here, sure. I had to do it. You know, it just keeps going up, and I'm excited to eventually give that up to let someone else have this experience I've had. Um, but I will say something that's really unique about my experience as a student is I won't say his name, but I was not a fan of the chief. I had to sit down with and just the guy who I completely saw differently than what I would think a chief in the Air Force would be. And it's just such something we missed earlier. ALA is when I was a tech sergeant as a student, you never really get a chance to just talk to master sergeants or chiefs one on one calling them by their first name. That is a very rare opportunity, I think, for NCOs or airmen. And so that was like a whole unique thing in itself to have these senior NCOs talking to me like a person, like actually caring about guiding me. And 
I still keep up with three of those cadres that I had when I was a student. All three of them are chiefs now. And so it's just, it's a phenomenal, like, I think platform is just different. No, it is really cool. And yeah, I don't think either of us knew what to expect, Scott or Goose. Scott, or um, Goose, how did you get involved? Because I kind of know Scott's a little bit more. We'll um, that, but. So after John pitched it to Chief Guzman, and then it came to the Chiefs group, came down through the wickets, uh, Chief Vale looked at me, and he's just like, hey, man, uh, got an opportunity for you. We're like, okay, uh, what is it? And he told me about it. I was like, he's like, you want to do this? I was like, yeah, oh, why not? Um, I was never really apprehensive at first. I mean, if they, you know, if Chief pitches you something, that's an opportunity. Okay. So all I figured is I was going to show up, and if it wasn't what I wanted it to be, I was going to try to help make it that way. And, okay. and like I said, this far exceeded my expectations. Like this, this thing was put together phenomenally. Um, and then the people that were teaching uh, or just facilitating. Like Scott said, I sat back and learned a whole bunch. Uh, the last one, leveraging diversity. Like just just this small little exercise, getting to know people. Like that that was amazing to me. And ALA, I think the reason that it's, that I see it exceeds my expectations and the way that I thought it was going to be is because when you're sitting in a room and – everybody's first names uh, you know and you're seeing them as a person not just as rank and a name it's who they are what what they're about and then the network that these guys and girls are being able to build just between those 16 that were all most of them were different afscs we had a couple that were the same but now they have people to reach out to they have people hey this is happening, this is happening. I mean, and I think I told John this before, that was one of those things that was extremely difficult to cultivate for me until I was a master sergeant. Sure. Until, you know, it just wasn't one of those things because we, like I said, we tend to stick to our niches. But now those people probably see a little bit broader in the Air Force and see some different leadership challenges that different career fields face and different people face, and maybe they can be a sounding board for them um, a little bit. So. And then, I mean, honestly, grew my network because now I know you three, and and we see how it works, and it works really well. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think so much. Like, I can just sit at the table with you three. I've come to you to try to help someone cross train sure. since I met you through ALA. I've worked with uh, Goose for Security Forces and Air Traffic Control Tower Coordination oh, nice. Letter to get Security Forces members upstairs in the tower and oh, that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've worked with Scott when I had questions that I didn't know and a first shirt might do, and so I was like, hey, how do how do I handle this? Like. Just off, I've known you guys for three months now and I hit you guys up. I've hit up Sailor Johnson, who was one of our students, who was EO, because I had something come up to me that I didn't know how to handle. So I called him with a hypothetical question and he was able to help me out, give me everything I needed. Um, yeah, just the networking alone that those students got the chance for. I had that when I was a student as well. Yeah, no, it's been great. Scott, did you know before Chief Reem or did you before you went on leave or was that so just So I think a... the, the email went out before I actually went on leave and then I came back off of leave and went straight to TAP and that's when you came and said, hey, are you going to be there tonight? And I was like, uh... I have no idea what you're talking about, Erica. Um, she's like, uh, you got nominated for this and uh, John said that he reached out to you and I was like, I haven't seen my email in like three weeks. I'm terrified about going back there. So uh, I guess I'm in. I guess I'll, I'll check it out. So I did. And then within, I think we were doing our, the first name exercises. 
during that day. Yeah. You had me. Like within 15 minutes, I walked in and I was like, well, this isn't PME. <laughs> and I actually had to go back to my office the day after to actually go sit down and actually understand what I what I just got roped into. And I was, you had me. It was, it was pretty phenomenal to see the switch. You get the normal uh, PME type things where it's, it's ALS and it's uh, NCO Academy sure. and there's certain things that you need to do and there's maybe guided discussions, but there's a whole lot of teaching. And that was the exact opposite of what this was. Um, and it, and it felt it. And, and the, the apprehension by the airmen that were, that were the NCOs that were coming in and that they had were, was you could tell them it kind of melted away as soon as they, everybody got to know their first names and they got to understand the person rather than the uniform or the job. Uh, it was it was a tremendous experience, especially yeah. that first class for me. So, do you know who designed the class? Because some of those lessons are are pretty Air Force related. But then even just the icebreak, because I'm sure it's up to whoever the director is or who the cadre are, just figuring out how to get them comfortable. That was great. So this is a uh, a great that I recently learned talking to Chief Master Sergeant uh, Jason Tricky, who's a at Davis Mountain Air Force Base. He was, I believe, one of the original cadre. He didn't create it, but he shared with me. He knows the guy, I can't pronounce the chief's last name. That It begins with a K, it's Polish, I believe. So it's one of those ones I do not know how to pronounce, unfortunately. But the way it started was, have you guys all been to Osan? No, you have. No. Just like Osan, but I'm sure you yeah. just like But you've been up to Osan, yeah. you know what this yeah, is. Yeah. Sergeant Fields back here also knows. <laughs> so believe it or not, Air Power Leadership Academy, I think it was 2015, 2016, started on the set, the Songtom Entertainment District, which is all the bars right there outside the main gate of Osan, on the back of a napkin on a Saturday night. Yeah. Someone was just like, what we should do, wrote it on a napkin, and, it, and the person was, I believe was a master sergeant at the time, and it was at Osan where he was more than willing to get people to come together and do it. Mm -hmm. Perfect environment for something like that to start, and it happened. So it started off the back of a napkin on a Saturday night. All and great ideas happen in the Osan on the set. <laughs> and that's what I love about Air Power Leadership. We, we, get to, we get to drink there. How's that for not being PME? Mm -hmm. And we don't drink excessively. Responsibly, of course. Very, very, we, I think very rarely did someone drink more than one. <laughs> but like, especially like in the environments of Osan and Kunsan where you're in a dorm and you get to walk home. Like sure. something, when I was at Kunsan, how I would start week one is saying, we're going to get drunk and we're going to solve all the Air Force problems. Which is really fine to say, I think, in the Korean environment. Mm -hmm. yeah. We don't do that here. <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, it's just like that attitude alone when you go into something, you're, you'll realize, like you said, with a name thing or that activity, well, this is a lot different. We're here to do something different. So we've kind of gone over about how it was developed on the back of a napkin. How did you decide how people would be picked? Is that something that was also predestined or is that something you did here specifically? It was something we wiggled the idea around in Kunsan and were able to do on my last class there. And it's something we're doing here now because it just, I think it just gets buy-in to the students. Like they actually get to pick who replaces them. So they're paying attention and, and more so I really like it because it's going to make them talk about it outside of work if they weren't going to. Sure. Like it just increases their buy-in to the program, who they think would grow from it. And then once that person goes, they get to bother them some more and ask, talk about it. And then that person's going to be excited. Like, who do I give my spot to? It just gives more ownership to it. And, uh, this class just graduated, only half of them actually nominated someone. Okay. So there still will be about eight spots that will go to the groups evenly to get new, new people in. And this time we're gonna incorporate the guards. So yep. have you talked, or I guess you're gonna probably talk to, I think Miss Angela O'Connell is the one who mentioned that she would like to get a couple of guardsmen involved. Yes, as empowering as Chief Guzman is, it's still like a wing program. And so I still 
he's still like the the leader of it. I think it's his program to to do what he wants to or get rid of him if he thinks we're doing a terrible job. Sure. So those spots, I'll let him know. I'll work with him. We have okay. eight spots. This is what we want to do, and I'm sure he'll agree with it. But it is up to him to send out eventually to the groups how we get the next set of students. And then who originally did you get to pick the, the 16? Was it the group commanders or group or squadron commanders? The original 16? Yeah. I, um, when, I, when Chief Guzman was good with the idea, I went to a top three meeting, solicited it, and then I went to the chief's group meeting, okay. and I told them this is it, and you'll get an email with how many spots you're allotted. Sure. Came back to me with students. Yeah, I was so surprised that AMXS had four people. Yeah. MSG was able to give four. I think we had two at medical. Two from Searside, two from WSA, and am I missing anybody? I feel like I have to be. Is that OG. everybody? OG. Oh, and then the OG had two as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was a really nice mix from around the base. Yeah. And I think there was only one career field that had duplicate people. Crew chiefs, chiefs. I think, yeah. had two. Yeah. But other than that, <laughs> yeah. everybody else. That just landed. Yeah. yeah. And, they were, and they were different. That's true. They were very different as well. They were very different, even though they've been around each other their whole careers, mm-hmm. it sounds yeah. like, from different locations. Mm-hmm. I think Kumar said it best, and it was highlighted at graduation, that we're all problems we face in our organizations, in our career fields. We're not alone, and everybody else across the base is facing that same problem. Yeah. I thought that was really cool when you said that. It was cool. Every now and then, the quiet ones would have something to say, too. Yes. It took a lot, and I learned from, we, we had two Amandas. We called one Cool Amanda and the other one Other Cool Amanda. But Cool Amanda mentioned how it takes herself a little bit of time to process. So that's why she wouldn't talk in class. It's not that, and she was probably tired from her job, as Goose knows. But it would take her a long time to process these things, and she couldn't just give spontaneous answers like some of the students could. So after, when I got to meet her at her job site, she would backfill me on all the things. So that's really cool. And it's, and it's good to know that some people just can't just shoot off things yeah. and make things up on the fly, and they really need to be able to process probably the... You can tell when the crew chiefs needed to vent. Mm. <laughs> you can tell when, when Amanda needed to not vent yeah. or just keep quiet. The Sailor Johnson, yeah, same Sailor. thing. Mm. So he, he was uh, he was definitely tired of talking by the end yeah. of the day. So he would come in and just listen. Yeah, it's interesting how you said like Amanda needed that like time to think what she wanted to say. But then there's so many people that were opposite that would shoot off to like prevent those people from talking. Yeah. So I think us as cadre, I know I did it a few times, but you'd have to like catch those people individually mm-hmm. to like get them to talk a little less. And yeah, um, side story on that, one of the, my favorite like stories I like to share, because we all have those airmen that kind of talk too much at work or like, you know, they're just so hard to like, hey, <laughs> you gotta just listen sometimes. When I was in high school, I played football and I was quarterback. And so I always thought like I had to tell everyone what to do. Even if I wasn't sure what the play was, I would just make it up and like tell the lineman where to block or the running back what hole to go through. I would just start telling them what to do. And then one day coach even pulled me aside and he said, John, you're just talking too much. What I need you to do is just like anything you say, you already know and you already understand. So if you just take a minute and let other people talk, you're gonna learn so much more. You're gonna be better because you're letting other people talk and you're learning from them. So just do that for me next time you're in the huddle. And like pretty much since then as a 17, 16 year old kid, I was like, all right, let me just stop talking all the time. And it's really paid, paid huge dividends because you just stop talking and let other people talk. And then when they think they're influencing you, you have more influence on them. And it's just this growing, sorry, that's like an ALA topic. That's the kind of like yeah. thing we would talk about in there. People would share those stories. And ideally, it was the students, not a senior NCO sharing those stories. We can keep going. What's your, what was your favorite, favorite moments from ALA? 
There's quite a few, actually. So, some of them just hearing the stories. Hearing the stories about what certain people have gone through in their careers, what they've had to deal with, and then their challenges as being a follower and a leader. Dodge always came with those questions. <laughs> it even had me sitting there scratching my head sometimes going, holy, wow, that's just, that that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, you think at this level, like, and I, I'm still trying to do that. And then hearing the crew chiefs vent when they vent, uh, that's just, that's, to me, is great because they're talking about stuff that we all go through. Then listening to Connor when he would talk, and he wouldn't talk very often. He was one of those people, too, that would sit there and quiet. I think that, like, those certain people, I think, are very analytical, and they sit back and they they process with them. But when they spoke, they just, it was gold. Same thing with Sailor. You know, like, I mean, the stuff that he would say, I'm just like, like, like these are the amazing things. Um, I think to pinpoint the whole, like every single instance that I liked, it, it, we'd be here for a while. But just is the experience as a whole for me is, and I, I think I've told Joel this a couple of times, is different career fields, every different group that we have, everything else, and different people at different levels in their career and where they're going and stuff. Uh, it's a cross section of what we got and what we got here at Fairchild and why why we are probably the best refueling wing in the Air Force. And I mean, you look at these people and go, this this is what the Air Force is like. This is who we have. This is the next generation that's taking our spots. I, I think we're in pretty good hands. I think that's my biggest takeaway. That's the thing that makes me happy to have been a part of this to continue to be a part of this and i'm going to take this thing to the desert and um is that we're in good hands um we have a lot of high level thinkers out there and they're younger than us and we need to get the hell out of their way that's kind of that's my favorite part chief mass sergeant kira daniels the command or amc command first shirt i got to do an interview with her two weeks ago and she mentioned something about how she got to meet um, Chief Campanelli when we were at AFSA and how she went up to him, basically said, I always remembered your name. Thank you for having kind of a quirky last name because it always made it easy to remember when we're reciting everything every day at BMT. Um, but he said, you know what? And then looking back, you know, I knew the Air Force was in good hands because of people like you. And she mentioned that it's just, it's gonna be a chain. We sometimes think, oh my gosh, Look at how the Air Force is going. We keep getting softer. We keep getting more free to be you and me. But at the end of the day, we still keep getting the job done. And the Air Force is in good hands. So when you said that, it kind of reminded me of what she had mentioned, which was really cool. I think we had mentioned multiple times during ALA the connectedness and the millennial factor, the quote-unquote millennial <laughs> factor. And I think we, I think everybody keeps doubting the next generation, saying, oh, no, no, they're just not connected. They they don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to do things. They just do it a different way. Yes. And I think that's what we all need to realize is there's, when we were young, they were saying the same thing about us. Generation Z, Generation X, whatever it is, you guys suck. You guys are terrible. The Air Force is doomed. And we managed to keep it afloat for a little while. So I think we've done okay. And, and the, same, the same thing is going to be for, the, for these upcoming millennials that are tremendously intelligent yes very motivated they just have it in a different way they just do things in a slightly different way and they communicate in a very different way than what we're accustomed to so it's up to us to 
like you said, get the hell away, let them do their, their thing in their way, because the Air Force is, is changing as well, and, and we're, we're the slow ones. We're the slow wildebeests, and we're slowing things down. Makes me think how interesting it'll be when this group is in our shoes, or even the group after this group is in our shoes, and what they'll be complaining about about young airmen the millennial Z's, the millennial Z's or whatever the <laughs> whatever comes after that yes. yeah what was your favorite or some of your favorite parts about towards the end we did a lot of actual what were they kind of group exercises I, I feel like and if, I, I don't know if we can change things around for next time but always I think we doing the group exercises in the beginning opens up a whole lot more people and I saw a whole lot more people at the end who were open books and I don't know if the group exercises in the beginning would have helped open those those people in more in the beginning but seeing everybody to, on, on your exercise Erica on the exercise that you had us do that that opened quite a bit of conversation sure. and uh, emotion and I think that was probably my favorite portion of the entire thing is watching everybody either find somebody that they actually connect with on an emotional level, on a physical level, on a spiritual level. I think that was probably the best exercise. And I, it's ironic because I saw it just a few <laughs> weeks prior. Yeah. Um, so to actually see it in firsthand was tremendous. So that goes for me is the, is the best portion of the class. And then seeing how everybody, the energy that was taken from that afterwards was fantastic. So I'm just so glad it worked because I was a little worried because I wanted to push the envelope to an extent, mm-hmm. but I didn't want them to feel uncomfortable. Like, why is she asking some of these personal mm-hmm. questions? And I think the one question that I was most surprised on was when I asked for the miscarriage one, just to see how many people were truly affected by miscarriages, male or female. Just, I think, I think what, 60% of the class at least stepped forward mm-hmm. on that one, which I wasn't necessarily expecting. Mm-hmm. Just to see that when we go through some of these painful things or these really happy things, that we're not technically alone. We are in that moment, but there are other people that can experience what we've gone through and just connect with. So I really enjoyed the fact that by the end, they would talk to each other after, or even during the breaks. It wasn't just maintenance, medical, a couple of your guys talking to each other with Olivia, but it was, Andre was talking to Jeff and Landon, and Andre was their medical troop. It was cool just to kind of see, and sometimes it was work-related, Sailor definitely got bombarded a couple of times. I think Amanda, other cool Amanda did too sometime. It was cool to see the dynamic kind of switch. And I think Dominic at the end even sat in the maintainer corner one day. So that was kind of funny to see. They're like, yeah, you can sit with us. Landon's not here. So you can sit here, Dominic. I loved uh, Dominic's leadership philosophy. I mean, we had 16 of them. I thought Dominic, who was one of probably the most quiet student, had the best. And his philosophy was... You just got to, he said, agriculture is my yes. leadership philosophy. You got to treat each airman like its own seed. You plant it, you give it water, you make sure it has the sun to grow, and you just let it be its own person, grow what it wants to be. But most importantly, if you have a tomato seed, don't try to make it an apple. <laughs> it's just like so good. Of, yeah, because we do like kind of try to take, make tomatoes into an apple. Like I've done that. I've been guilty of it. Yeah, was it Andre and Corey's? leadership philosophy that they came up together about how we kind of try and push our ideas not to necessarily make them do what we want them to do sometimes it is but also just from hearing what 
It's specific to you and you and you and everybody else. This is what they now think is pertinent to them. That was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, I think that words were, uh, leadership always tells us what to do and what to think. For once, we got to sit back and find out what's important to us. Yeah. Yeah. I had the script, so I had a little advantage over <laughs> remembering all the stuff. That, that was huge. Yep. That was big. I also liked the chiefs that would come through and sit in, yes. and then they would be quiet and just offer that little subtle advice that even us as the cadre like weren't thinking of. Mm-hmm. Chief Howard, when someone was like, I think the senior airman deserves accommodation, though, which you know usually oh, yeah, only goes yeah. to staffs and techs. He's like, but this guy deserves it. He deserves it. And the chief said, Chief Howard's like, can I, can I speak up? And we're like, of course. He's like, have you ever just considered like, getting on your chief's cap outlook calendar, mm-hmm. explain to him why it's so important. Do you think that might help you get what you're after? Do you think it would lower the odds or raise the odds if you did, if you took that effort? And like all of us were like, ah, what a great idea. You know, we can do that? Subtle input. So that would be great going forward if I think we get more like chiefs, like different chiefs and just sit in, because they always said wise things every time. Yes. Yep, they're where they're at for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> that's true. And I think that's what, a lot of the having the chiefs sit down, it actually makes them more approachable. Yes. You, you you understand that your chiefs are there to help you. They're not there to be to lead you. They're there to as your as a servant. They're there to 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 help you out as much as they possibly can. So you getting on their calendar shouldn't be difficult. Shouldn't be. No. That's not always the case. Uh, some chiefs are extremely busy. I'm sure trying to get on Goose, Chief Guzman's uh, calendar is <laughs> incredibly difficult. Yes. I know it is. Yes. Uh, but that's not to say that he won't make time for you. Um, a, a true a true chief will be there to take care of you to the best of his abilities or her abilities. So, and every chief that I've ever that I've ever met that was worth assault is going to be there to help guide you. So, yeah. I think we only had one chief and NCO that didn't line up, and that's because the airman or the NCO mixed up his date or time, so he got to go see another chief instead. Mm-hmm. But I talked to Connor, and he is going to reach out to Chief Scott and see if he can get on his calendar and still have that one-on-one just to kind of learn about his leadership philosophy. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. But it's cool that they know they can do those things, and that sometimes we feel like it's a burden. I, I want to talk to the chief about stuff, but is that really appropriate at my level? As in, Even sometimes at our level, is it really appropriate for us to quote-unquote, bother them with a, a personal thing and it feels like it maybe shouldn't be something we do. At the end of the day, at least when the airmen walk through my door, if I can tell they look tired or upset, I have all the time in the world. My phone turns off. Sorry if you guys are trying to get a hold of me. They don't reply to my emails. It's what, what can I, how can I help you guys or how can I help you in this moment? Whether it be retraining or, hey, I'm thinking about separating soon. I don't know if I want to. Can you tell me about Palace Chase, Palace Guard? With your arm in the other day, Goose, I think we talked about the whole gambit of staying mm-hmm. in and getting out. Because it just sounds like he didn't really quite know what all of his options were. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I think I think we just kind of take for granted that uh, the more rank we have, obviously we are busier. But we're not too busy to take care of people that have time or that want to talk to us. Yeah, I uh, recently went to Scott for a few for a few days and talked to a bunch of people. One of the things that I got out of that, one of the big ones, is uh, talking to Chief BK. He said, yes. basically, how many of you all walk around? Somebody says, how are you doing today, sir? How are you doing today, man? And busy. It's the wrong answer. Uh, because if I'm busy, then I'm not approachable. Mm-hmm. And I've taken that down pretty much to heart. Because 
Me and my guys walk around there. Hey, senior, how's it going? It's going good, man. How are you? I stop. Yeah. What's happening in your life? Hey, so I remember, you know, kids on the way, you know, everything going well. How's the dog? You know, all this stuff. And just more. And then, again, it goes back to just peeling back that stuff a little bit more. And then they look at me. How's it going? Man, I got some stuff going on. You know, I got this and this and everything else. And they're like, and I talked to my guys and they asked me, I was like, hey, not coming off weird or anything, right? The senior giving you his problems too, right? And I'm just like, not asking you to fix them or anything, but I'm just telling you what's going on with me. Sure. And they're like, not at all. And I was like, okay, can you tell me why? And they're like, yeah, uh, you're a person. Yeah. And we get it. You're not infallible. Like, I mean, you're dealing with stuff just like us. Yes. And I was like, all right, cool. So that, that helps a little bit. And again, one of my things is know your people and they need to know you. If they don't know you, if they just know you as a name and the person that's sitting there giving direction, cool. Tell them where you're coming from and why. Yeah. It'll help. Oh, those are all good points. I think it's just easy sometimes for us to say, hey, how are you? I mean, I see you quite often, Scott, every now and then we'll just walk by. And both of us just kind of sigh sometimes. <laughs> like, we're okay, but we're tired. <laughs> I think we all are tired at this point in the game. But we know we can talk to each other. When you exactly. were, when I was back as a section chief, mm-hmm. I don't know how many times you guys would come in every now and then and shoot the you know what with us, mm-hmm. and we just catch up. Hey, you're airmen, but now that we've talked about your airmen, how are you guys doing? How's the stress of this job? How's the stress of that job? Just kind of get all on the same page. How can we help each other? Yep. We are we are all senior NCOs, and we all have issues, and we all have problems, and we all have stresses. None of us are perfect. And regardless of what social media tells us, no one has a perfect life. Uh, I think that's another one of the big problems that we see is everybody assumes that everybody on social media has a perfect life, and they don't. No. They're just putting what, what everybody wants to see out there. So as long as you can show that you're, everything's okay, then obviously if you need help, then, then please get it. But, yeah, you can have issues and stresses. And, and uh, you know, my spouse and I don't see eye to eye on everything. And, and sure. <laughs> I still think I have a great marriage. I love you, by the way. Uh, uh, and, and my kids drive me nuts. And uh, yeah, and, and I have the same problems that, that any other senior NCO or NCO has. Uh, that makes us approachable. That makes us human. It was nice to kind of share some of those stories in ALA mm-hmm. with them and then them get to share those stories with us. Again, we're all human. We're all going to make those mistakes. It's how we communicate about them and how we... I'm so tired of resiliency, but how we bounce back. Nothing worth resiliency. I found the word ductility, and I think I might start using that instead. Basically, it means flexible. But we just hear certain words all the time, and as soon as we hear them, we kind of shut shut off to certain words. Can we change that? Can you make that happen, Air Force Wide? I can try. Ductility. Let's make that that happen. (laughs) People are so tired of resiliency. And then they got to Google what ductility is, because I found it in thesaurus. There's like got to be another word for, <laughs> like for resiliency, the and then it came up with flexible. I was like, no, the no. flexible is the other no. buzzword. No. And then ductility came up when I thesaurused <laughs> flexibility. I like it. I like it. I used to get in trouble because I'd try and use too many words that weren't everyday words in our APRs. I just got tired of seeing them. I'm trying to be creative. But then I had a, a math surgeon. I was a staff at the time. If I have to look up in the dictionary every time you use a word. You probably should knock it off. Well, shucks. I just wanted to be different and creative. And you know if I'm putting it in there, I took the time to find it. 
just go with it. It's got to make sense. Like, no, no, no. Out it goes. Shucks. <laughs> did a lot of work, man. I think that was good advice he gave you. <laughs> they were good words, and some of them, some of them were just a little bit different. Let's not go to EPRs right now. That's going to open up a whole another can of worms. It is Scott season. It is Scott season. <laughs> but if we wrangle it back to ALA, um, is there anything else we kind of wanted to pinpoint, or we're going to do another class in the end of January? Yeah. I think John, you're still leading it. Goose and I will be. Padre, I think Scott's giving up his seat. I, I'm giving up my seat, unfortunately. Getting ready and, to uh, retire. Uh, uh, well, that and I've got two first sergeants, my fellow first sergeants within my squadron that are going to be leaving, so my workload just uh, doubled. So, as much as I love you guys, I'm not. Uh, I'm going to be. We'll have you on the shirt panel. I, I will. Ha- I'll be oh. happily on the shirt panel, yeah, but my phone that. is not you can ringing. Keep them in line again, too. I love that. <laughs> that, that, that would be awesome. We will make John make sure we remember to invite him back yes. for the shirt panel. We'll have him on it. Let's have him run that class. <laughs> Now, one of the things that I liked about about this, and so I taught a lot with Goose. Yes. We got a topic, and I think we came in early. We came in an hour early. Yeah, it was late. The, the first one, the first one <laughs> yeah. that, that you and I taught. There was no script. There was a basic discussion, and we winged it the entire way. And I think that was one of our better better classes. Yeah. Is the one that we just went in there with a simple subject, and then wing it and let him roll with it. The hard call, right? Is that one? That was the second one. It was teamwork and ego was the first one. And which in maintenance and security forces, uh, you see a lot of both. Yep. For better and for worse. (laughs) And uh, I think that was still one of the best classes I think we've, I've ever taught ever. And and honestly, having it with Goose was, we bounced each other uh, stories off each other. Mm -hmm. I think we, we talked the entire time, usually just shooting the ish. Uh, beforehand and then we did the exact same thing with the class and it was fantastic Mm -hmm. so i think there's no hard and fast rule about how to do this it is sometimes the best way is to just wing it and see where the class takes you which again is so much against pme that is so against pme in the normal sense that's what i loved about this i agree with that though If if you if you wing it sometimes you're gonna find out what's important True. Because once they start talking, we might have had a whole different direction. And we did at one point. We had a few notes written down. I don't even think we touched on a couple of them because the class wanted to go a different direction. And yeah. Cool. This is what's important to them right now. We're like, why not talk about that? And that's kind of what we did. And it, I think it worked out really well. Um, yeah. It, man, this, I found myself having fun. And every last one of them, like, I, I thought it was going to be one of those things, too, where I'm like, oh, okay, this is another commitment, two hours every week. You know, this, no, I stopped, I started looking forward to it after the first one. I was like, yeah, I want to I hear what they have to say, like, because that part's just fun to me. Yeah. Like, I think John told me, he's like, he's like, I like meeting new and interesting people. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they are, and that's an easy way to do it. I'm excited for the next class. I agree. Yeah, so Sergeant Fields had asked that question on how do you get in, and I don't know if I completely nailed it, but you either get nominated by your group chief, so if you really want to get get in, ask, ask your chiefs. Like, like a will. DSD. Yeah, 
or figure out who graduated in the last class and figure out who they're nominating because that's another way. So sure. through the student or through your teacher is the way to get in. The only requirement is you can't miss more than two classes. Uh, it's 10 weeks long. You have to create your own leadership philosophy and we'll give you examples and through talking to people and talking to your chief, you're gonna come up with a pretty good one that'll mean something to you. And, and that's really it. I think I'm not missing anything. Just You just show up two hours every Wednesday and talk. Like I said, I looked forward to it. Goose said he looked forward to it. I know Scott and Erica did. Yeah. You really do look forward to talking to people and hearing their problems. And if you like to talk, that's the avenue. And if you like to just listen, there's going to be plenty of people willing to talk. Uh, we do create activities sometimes to, to make you interact with people. So if you're shy, we'll break that shell. Uh, Dylan, he, he came in saying, I do not like public speaking. I don't like talking. And by the last three weeks, yeah. he was talking. I kind of wish he was sticking around. His biggest fear was off. public speaking. And by the end, he's just, yeah, and he did it well. Right. And how do you get over public speaking? Join a group where it's 18 people who don't know each other, <laughs> and they're going to ask you questions that you have to learn to public speak. It's like yeah. the perfect baby step. And he looked like he was doing fine at the end of it. He was joking around, mm -hmm. having fun. Mm -hmm. It was good. I, I would like to go back in time about 10 years and have this be a thing and be a student because yeah. I think, like John said, you can't miss more than two classes. I don't think this is one of the ones that anybody wants to miss. Like, I, I don't think we had anybody that's just like, eh, I'm not coming. I mean, because they all showed up. And a lot of them, like you said, toward the end of it, toward the last five weeks, they were staying after. They were talking to each other on the breaks and stuff like that. And then the, I heard them before class. They're like, hey, I emailed you this. Like, they're <laughs> talking outside of class, too. Like, that was... that. That is a hard mold to replicate, and I think you did it really well. And it just hit it, yeah. hit it on the head with it. It perfect. Emmy and other cool Amanda missed week nine, mm -hmm. and I hit him up on Facebook. Hey, what, what happened? I, I, I just talked to you, other cool Amanda. Like, we, we saw each other Monday, and I said, I'll see you tomorrow. And she said, yes. And then later she saw me, and she was like, how could you let me miss the class? I didn't. I said, I'll see you tomorrow. And it was Monday. And I thought you read your email. She's like, I totally thought it was on Wednesday still. And I can't believe I missed it. And I'm so upset. And Emmy was the same way. Like, mm -hmm. I, I didn't mean to miss it. We're not mad at you. We just would love to have you there. And it sucks that it was the very last class that you guys missed. But they, I don't know how many times outside of the class people would bring it up organically on their own. Like, hey, I'm really enjoying ALA. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed the discussion last week. I really enjoyed the people. Just, it's been really cool to see that, and I hate, this another word I don't like, you're learning all my words I don't like, but buy-in. Mm. But we're creating the buy-in, and I'm gonna have to find another word, like ductility, I guess, and so we can use that instead of buy-in, because now I've said it four times in a row. Yeah, <laughs> but everyone likes to buy-in, or like, especially if you're already bought in, you're like, I need to make other people do this. All three of you with Fish, um, the guy that's coming in from Coonsun, what was his last name? No, uh, Jorgensen. Jorgensen, and uh, I know we emailed earlier yesterday, like we're all, we all have buy-in with these people we think would be great. Most of the students had a buy-in. Um, even some of the students were like, hey, you should contact my superintendent. They would be great for a cadre. So oh, yeah, the buy-in's there. Yeah. Now, is there anything we kind of want to close on? I think we've kind of hit all the important parts, how great the class has been, the fact that the cadre themselves really enjoy being there. So it's something that everyone at every level seems to really enjoy. It's a nice, I think, Cool Amanda put, it's like an AA meeting. Mm -hmm. You just kind of get to relax. With alcohol. Yeah. And it, so it's I a little. I'm Amanda, I'm addicted to leadership. Yeah. She actually is. Yeah. But it's kind of cool just to get a chance. It was a chance for everyone just to come together. 
and talk about whatever they needed to work on their stressors or work off their stressors. Mm-hmm. Just be around people that at the end at the end of the day they knew kind of supported them. Mm-hmm. They knew if they argued in class that it wasn't, hey, I'm personally attacking you, Scott. Mm-hmm. It's this is just how I see things. Mm-hmm. So can we get to a happy medium or nope, it's okay. We just don't see eye to eye on this. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Well, that was fantastic to see as well. Is some of the some of the not arguments but disagreements, and they can go away and still be fun. Yeah. Um, but there's different philosophies, and, and no one's right. Every everyone's got a different philosophy and a different way of doing things. No, I think yeah, all in all, too. One of the other things that this is, um, I've talked to a couple of the students outside. You know, just outside of ALA, email me random things, just nice. advice on some stuff and everything. And uh, last week, Amanda walked into my office and just sat down. Hey, senior, how you doing? You look busy. You look tired. What's going on with you? How you, you know, and this and that. I was like, what's happening right now? Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. And then we just had a 45-minute conversation about everything in the world. And uh, that was just one of those things. I was, I was like, hey, would you have felt comfortable before this coming and doing that? And she goes, Kind of, but she goes, this now, it, it just makes it so much easier to sure. actually just talk to you and, you know, know what's going on with you and stuff like that because problems don't stop at certain ranks. They continue to compound sometimes and yeah. everything else. And, uh, yeah, and, I mean, that part alone, I, I think that's amazingly beneficial. And uh, But, yeah, I cannot wait for the next one. I'm January 26th. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I've got some final things too to say. Just Nothing like, written down this I, time. I came out with just this idea. You know, I did it in Kunsan and I came here with like this idea. And it was just like this idea I thought would be pretty easy to put together. And, and it really wasn't. And if I didn't have you guys that cared just as much as I did, the program probably would have maybe failed. So I just think it's really cool that we got a group of cadre that you guys cared so much that made this thing doable. Um, yeah, I just can't thank you guys enough for that. I'm really looking forward to the next one. Little. I don't know about, I can't promise this will happen, but one of the students reached out and was like, hey, I really, now that I've graduated, can I like be a cadre? Can I still mm-hmm. participate in ALA? And other of them had said like, can we sit in? Jared was like, can I sit in on okay. a couple classes? So maybe that's something we might let students do. But what I told this person was, you know, I'm a, I'm a senior NCO and you're one tier below me, right? And they were like, yeah. I was like, is there any tiers below you? Maybe you could like replicate this for a whole different set of tier. You know? True. So maybe we'll have that to go forward. We'll have Air Power Leadership Academy and ALA Junior, whatever they want to name it. But like I'm just saying, like there's so much growth and things that can come from a couple senior NCOs getting together. Hey, let's do this thing. Yeah. And like conversations with you, having interactions with a shirt. There's someone cross training potentially. Like so many great things happen from just a couple of us wanting to get together. And hopefully a ALA Junior or whatever the heck. <laughs> Whatever they, they come up with. Call it. Yeah. I do like that though, ALA Junior. <laughs> they probably <laughs> won't. I wouldn't take that name if I was them. We'll have to. They'll, they're so smart, they'll think of something on their own. But Goose, John, and Scott, thank you guys for joining me on this podcast. And we hope to have future. If you guys have more questions about ALA, uh, you can reach out to any of us, really. Mm-hmm. Erica Northam, Brandon Geeslin, John Taishu, who is the best person to go to, yeah. probably. It looks like tissue, but only one S. And then Scott Douglas. We are all more than happy to answer any questions. I know Anthony Sweat would also be very, very interested in helping anybody with any of those questions. And Bobby Miner. And Bobby Miner. Robert Miner. He's over at the 66 TRS side. So if you don't see him right away, that's probably where it's at. 
But again, you guys, thank you so much for joining us. And I think we have top three meeting to get to next. So everybody else out there listening, you guys have a great day. Later. Bye. That's another episode. If you guys want to be on the podcast or know someone who might want to or possibly have an idea for a podcast, please have them reach out. They can hit me up at 92foxtrotsierrasierra.foxtrotsierradeltapapa.fairchild.com charliealphaalpha at us.af.mil. And until next time, you guys have a spectacular day.